In the last episode, we talked about what happens when we become overwhelmed by our to-do lists and the responsibilities that we all have. I also shared some methods that I use when trying to pick up all the pieces again after one of these so-called mental upheavals. So why do we experience moments of complete overwhelm? For my purposes, I really needed to take a look at this and figure it out. I can handle a lot of stress and a lot of pressure from deadlines, but when I experience one of these mental upheavals, everything just crumbles and I'm brought to my knees. I'm sure I'm not the only one that experiences this from time to time. It's almost as if each of us has some kind of built-in pressure release valve that forces us to take a break and to recenter. What I discovered for myself, and I believe this to be true for others as well, is that there are three key reasons we experience these moments of complete overwhelm. There is, of course, still the insane amount of pressure we put on ourselves and each other and the sheer number of projects and tasks we're all expected to juggle simultaneously. For example, when was the last time you saw a resume or a job description that didn't state, good at multitasking? Human nature is not actually designed for multitasking, yet we do it all day long and it's pretty much a requirement no matter where you go. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent or you're employed somewhere, life is stressful and often demanding. But what about other factors that more directly relate to managing a workload and responsibilities? These are the things that I'll be talking about today. My name is Jen Stickney, and I'm the host of the Simply Authentic podcast. I created this podcast as part of a journey of discovering our truth within. Each episode covers various tips, lessons, and ideas, as well as the struggles and hurdles I've had to overcome while discovering the truth of who and what I am, my authentic self. It's always a work in progress, but I believe that we all have the ability to create whatever life we desire. I also believe that one of the keys to doing this is through authentic action. When we discover the truth within and can separate self from ego, endless possibilities become open to us. It's my hope that this podcast may provide a different perspective or something to ponder from time to time. Thanks again for joining me today. Aside from all the pressures of society and our day-to-day -day lives, I wanted to really understand why it is that we experience these complete moments of overwhelm. I was able to narrow it down to a few key reasons. Here's what I discovered. The first thing being poor organization. The second, no accountability. And the third, lack of focus. You're probably not shocked by any of them. You likely also know in which of the three areas you are the weakest. Or perhaps you could use help in all three of these areas. Whichever the case, there's hope. Let's start by taking a more detailed look at each of them, starting with poor organization. If you often find yourself overwhelmed by everything on your plate, it's very possible that your method for staying organized really isn't working for you. So what kind of system do you use? Are you old school and prefer paper and pen? Are you fully immersed in the digital era with an app or device for keeping track of everything? Then again, you may also be someone that lacks an organizational system altogether. No matter what method you use or don't use, there is never a bad time to take a look at your system and make some adjustments. To stay organized, I actually use a combination of tools. The first of these is a whiteboard. I find this as a great spot for jotting down ideas as they come to me. Whiteboards are also great for brainstorming or crunching numbers. I use this like a holding tank for tasks or projects that are further down the line and have yet to be slotted into my schedule. The second is a daily planner. I'm old school. Sometimes I just want to look at what's on my plate for the day, week, or month without having to open up an application. I tend to review my planner and schedule once at the beginning of the week and then briefly each night to make any necessary changes. This helps me to know what I'm working on the next day. The third thing I always have is a digital task manager. 
I have used several digital task managers, but my current one is Trello. Trello allows you to use their services at a basic level for free. And within it, I create cards. Each card is a task. I can add due dates, add members to the card, write notes on them, etc. You can also create columns for organizing the cards. So I have set up five different columns and they're as follows. Not yet scheduled, next week, this week, active, and done. The column names are probably fairly self-explanatory, but you can use Trello however you like. The last thing I always have with me is a notebook. I use paper when I need a place to jot things down, but don't necessarily need to reference the thoughts again. I use Microsoft's OneNote program for storing things that I'd like to have for long-term reference. Notebooks are just a handy thing to have, especially if they're pocket size or fit in a bag or a backpack or a purse. They're just handy things to have so that you can write things down as they come to you and you won't have to worry about, oh man, I've got to remember that for later. Take a note, write it down. You can also use some sort of device to record a note for yourself as a reminder for later. It's always great to have some way to keep track of your thoughts without being at a computer. Find a system that fits with all of your quirks. This will help ensure that you actually use it. If you like pen and paper, then develop a system that makes use of that. If you are a digital nerd that lives through devices, then by all means, use that. It's your system and can be whatever you want. Just keep tweaking until you find a method for organizing that works and that's sustainable. The next reason for why we fail to get things done has to do with a lack of accountability. Unfortunately, not all of us are equipped with the necessary drive, motivation, and diligence to be our own bosses. Sometimes we need pressure from someone else. When someone else sets expectations, it gives us a goal that feels more solid than one we put there ourselves. If you have a manager, ask them to help you manage your workload and proactively set up weekly touch-based meetings with him or her. Use the meetings to review your workload as well as the progress you've made since your last meeting. I used to have a quick meeting with my manager every Monday morning and then again on Thursdays after lunch. Monday mornings, I would basically share my workload for the week. And then on Thursday, I'd share my progress and he would have time to help me anywhere I might be stuck or falling behind. If you don't have a manager, find a friend, a family member, anyone that will be willing to meet with you once a week. It could be over coffee or lunch or a few minutes on the phone in the evening. If you use a tool like Trello, you could share your Trello board or boards with whoever is helping to hold you accountable. Aside from my husband who watches my Trello board, I also meet with a group of colleagues every Wednesday morning via conference call. Together we share the things that we have on our plates as well as any hurdles or hiccups we've encountered. Most often someone in the group has either been through the same thing or can offer suggestions or a solution to whatever we're facing. Peer support is invaluable if you can get it. The third reason that most of us fail to get things done is simply a lack of focus. This is my biggest area that still needs work. I see shiny things all over the place. I tend to lose focus if I don't take extra effort to plan and organize my day. I know that I like variety, so it's important to me to find ways to work that into my routine and daily schedule. For example, after I figure out my priorities, I select one longer task for the day and one or two smaller tasks that I can crank out pretty quickly. This helps me to focus on one thing at a time, but also gives me variety for the day. When trying to focus, I've also learned a few key things that will help you do so. The first being focus on one project at a time. I can't tell you how many times I've been told to focus on one project at a time until it's done. I get why this is important, but it doesn't always seem as easy as that. I essentially run three businesses right now. Logically, my tendency is to rotate through projects for all of them just trying to get stuff done. As it stands right now, I have three larger projects started that all need to be finished. Nothing's getting done. 
And while those projects remain unfinished, they're also not generating any revenue. Had I stuck with one, finished it, and launched it, I could be getting paid to create the other projects, so to speak. Do you see how it makes more sense to stay focused on one thing versus splitting your focus across multiple things? This is a work in progress for me, and I know what I need to do, I just struggle from time to time at actually following through with it. But don't do as I do in this case. Try to do better than I do and focus on one project at a time until it's done. Another tip is it doesn't have to be perfect. One of my business coaches from the past used to always say, take massive imperfect action. In other words, don't worry about getting it perfect. Just get it done and out there. You can perfect it over time. So don't waste precious time on being perfect. If the product is good, it will sell. If it's perfect, no one will notice that it was except for you. So just get it out there, get it done. Another tip is to limit your time to complete a task. This goes hand in hand with perfectionism. Remember the law of diminishing returns? An hour or two spent on a single task might make sense. But if you find yourself spending four or five hours on the same task, it may be time to reevaluate how much time is actually needed. To determine how much time is long enough, I like to estimate how much time I think a particular task should take even before I begin. Once I have this realistic idea of what time is involved, I schedule it on my calendar. After that, I add a buffer time right after the task that's equal to 30% of the time that I originally estimated. That way, if I get done with the task in less time than I estimated, great. But if I'm still working on it when the estimated time expires, then I have the buffer time to wrap things up. And if I extend beyond that as well, it's time to look at what may have caused this to happen in the first place so that I can make adjustments for next time if applicable. My final tip for you when you're trying to focus is to minimize distractions. According to Gloria Mark, who studied digital distraction at the University of California, Irvine, it takes an average of 25 minutes or 23 minutes and 15 seconds to be exact to return to the original task after an interruption. That doesn't even take into account the 20 minutes lost in trying to get your mind up to speed and focused on the new topic that interrupted you in the first place. That's a lot of time during the day wasted just due to interruptions. So while you're working, put away devices, close your email, disable notifications unless you need to be reminded of meetings. Do whatever it takes to give yourself some uninterrupted time to work and focus. If you have other methods that you'd like to share regarding on how you manage your time each day, I'd love to hear about them. Love this episode? I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. When you do, you help me to reach more individuals just like you who are looking for a shift in perspective or to discover their own truth within. This episode was produced and edited by me, your host, Jen Stickney, using Adobe Audition, as well as tools available at anchor.fm, your one-stop shop for all of your podcasting needs. 